Welcome to the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, brought to you by GuitarZoom.com. If you want to improve your guitar playing, keep listening. If you want to improve even faster, go to GuitarZoom.com, where you'll find all of Steve's premium courses, masterclasses, and memberships that'll help you quickly and easily improve your playing. Now, here's your host, Steve Stein. So today we're going to do is I'm going to try and give you some simple ideas to try and build scale shapes on your fretboard. Now, I want to preface this by saying this is not a substitute for like learning your whole fretboard, okay? But maybe you're just learning how to play scales or you're having a hard time struggling, trying to connect ideas together, things like that. And so that's why I thought it would be fun to talk about this. So please understand that this doesn't substitute learning your whole fretboard or something. If that's a, a higher goal that you've got, still do that. But let's just look at some shortcuts that might help you here in trying to memorize your fretboard a little bit. So what we're going to use today as our example is going to be the G major scale. Now, there's a couple things I want to show you before we get started here so you can see how I'm approaching this. So let me change my camera angle here. So let's say you're doing G major. So some of you might play your G major scale like this. Okay, so what I'm doing there is I'm playing two, uh, the second finger here on the third fret of the sixth string. I'm playing three, five, two, three, five, and then two, four, five. And my notes, if you know your G major, would be G, A, B, C, D, E, F sharp, and then G. Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. That's what I'm playing there. Well, the great thing about this is, is if we start trying to visualize some of the chord shapes that you might already know on the fretboard, for instance, you might have a G major six string bar chord. And it's always nice to base these off of chords that you might know already. And if you don't know, you should learn because it's a great place to go to visualize. So if somebody says G, instead of going, well, where is G? You can think about where the chord is that you'd already know. So G six string bar chord is sitting right here. Therefore the scale is sitting right there. Or if we were in the key of C, you could visualize your C major bar chord and then play the exact same thing off of that, okay? Or the key of A and move it there. Okay? Hey, Steve Stein here. If you click the link in the description, you can join my new private Facebook group for my Christmas guitar challenge. Now, it's starting December 15th, and there'll be four live sessions covering things like learning to play songs by ear, increasing your picking speed and accuracy, learning some licks, as well as soloing. Now, four lucky members will also win the new guitar courses that I created for this challenge. So if you'd like to join, click the link in the description or in the comments, and I'll see you in the group. So that's what we're going to start with. Now, let's say you knew your fifth string bar chords. Let me switch camera angles here. So let's go back to the key of G, which is what we started in. So we're in the key of G. We played a G six string bar chord right here. Well, now we're going to play a G fifth string bar chord, which would be located at the 10th fret up here. Okay. Now we could find that G on the fifth string, 10th fret, and play the exact same one octave higher. Okay. Now, the shapes that I'm playing, because the strings are tuned the way they are, it's not going to be consistent all the way across all six strings, and I'm going to show you that in a second here. But understand that that's a quick little shortcut for you to figure out where to go to find the G major scale. You could find it on the sixth string off that bar chord. You could find it off the fifth string. But let's expand this now to what I really want to talk about with you. So when I see these scales, 
I always call these for right or wrong. It doesn't really make any difference, but I always call what I just played a closed position. And that's how I first learned how to play my scales. And it's great and there's nothing wrong with it at all. But when I started learning how to play more arpeggiated ideas, speed picking, different kinds of things like that, I expanded into what we refer to as three note per string patterns. So what happens then is instead of playing the G major like this, I play it like this. So you see, I'm just playing it on this side and I'm playing G, A, and B all on the same string. And then C, D, E all in the next string. And then F sharp, G. And then of course it would keep going. So let me show you what it looks like. And again, you probably know this. I just want to show this to everybody. So what I'm doing here is I'm playing three, five, seven twice. Four, five, seven twice. And then five, seven, eight. There's my G right there, but I'm going to keep going and do five, seven, eight again. So I have three, five, seven, three, five, seven, four, five, seven, four, five, seven, five, seven, eight, five, seven, eight. That's what I'm playing. And it's just the notes of the G major over and over. So if you listen. And then I run out of notes, obviously. Right? So the fretboard stops, I run out of notes, but it doesn't mean that I can't still use those notes even though they're higher than the G here. Right, I can use those however I like. So what you'll notice here is when you play them in the spread fingering form like this, and we call it a spread fingering because you're playing three, five, and seven. So your fingers look like they're spread out, three, five, and seven. And it takes a little while to get used to this position if you've never done this before, okay? But that's why it's referred to that. And what's nice about that is, is now you've got three notes on each string and you can see the symmetry that happens when you do that. Now, it's not always that way. It depends on the scale that you're using. You know, maybe you're using a mode or something and it looks a little different. We're just gonna stay with G major for now. But that way, what you've got are all these different notes. And when you memorize that, Again, you can watch this over and over and over on YouTube or Facebook or whatever it is you need to do. What I want you to do is start trying to pinpoint where the root is, where the G is. Okay, learn where those G's are. So as you're playing this, you're always aware of where that root is going to be because if you want to play this in the key of C, you just move it up. And it's going to be the exact same thing, okay? Now, I'm going to keep going here with this scale idea, but I do want to show you a couple things since you're here, okay? Now, the other thing I think is cool about learning that shape and then learning where those roots are, where those Gs are, is that you can then start trying to visualize maybe your triads on top of this. So, for instance, the triad, for those of you that might not know, is just when I play a G chord, what notes are making up the G chord? Whether I play it as this shape or this shape or whatever, it looks like I'm playing a bunch of different notes, but I'm really not. I'm playing just three notes that are getting repeated in multiple octaves, we call it. And those notes would be the root, the third, and the fifth of the scale that we're playing in. Now, again, don't get weirded out by all that. If you don't know what that is, that's okay. But in this case, if I'm playing G, it's G, B, D. G, A, B, C, D. G, B, and D. That's what I'm playing. So when I play this G chord, I'm playing the notes G, B, and D. When I play this G chord, I'm playing the notes G, B, and D. I might be playing multiple octaves of them, but that's all I'm playing. So the nice thing about this right here 
is if you can find the root, then what you could do is start working on learning the root, the third and the fifth out of that. So for instance, G, B, and D. Or it might look like this over here if you were in that closed position. G, B, and D. You see, you start memorizing that. And then where was our next G? Well, that was here. So G, B, and D. Or G, B, and D. See, so there's lots of ways that you can approach this. Here's a G right here. G, B, and D. Now this one in particular is sitting outside the realm of our, the shape I just showed you, that spread fingering, but we're gonna get to that in a second. My point is, is that depending on how far you wanna go with this, you can keep trying to learn multiple things on top of the base idea that we're studying here. So if you're learning G, B, D, G, B, D, right? At least you'd know where those are when you go to solo. You can figure out where that root, that third, and that fifth are just by memorizing that, okay? So back onto topic here. So we've got our G major that we've just memorized, the G major scale in this spread fingering form. And we've also memorized where the Gs are. Okay, so we're good. So now let's move up to that fifth string bar chord, okay, of the G major right here. So now we're up here, and I'm gonna do the same thing now. I'm gonna play that G major scale as a spread fingering form up here on the 10th fret. So it's gonna look like this. It's gonna be 10, 12, 14, which is that one octave higher. And then the next string, G, A, B, C, D, E, just an octave of that. of that, right? So I've got G, A, B, C, D, E, F sharp, G, and then A. Now in this position, it's gonna look just a little bit different. I'm gonna be here on the 12th fret. I'm gonna play B, C, and D, which is 12, 13, 15, and then 12, 14, 15. But if you listen to it, You can hear that it still is do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. It just looks a little bit different than this one because of the tuning of the guitar. Okay. So you'd want to memorize that shape as well. Okay, so 10, 12, 14, 10, 12, 14, 11, 12, 14, 12, 13, 15, and then 12, 14, 15. Okay? So now if we listen to it, one octave higher. Okay, so now, at least from a vocal perspective as a guitar player, is you'd have this low and middle vocal range. And then. And then you'd have this upper vocal range. that you could use. So even if you only knew those two positions, you could make some really, really great music with that by learning how to obviously play the scale and learn how to phrase and all those other things that go with soloing, right? But you've got... back and forth between those two positions. But let's keep going here very simply, okay? Just adding on 
some other stuff here. So the first thing I want to show you is nothing new at all. We're just going to take this G major shape that I showed you right here, and we're just going to move it up the octave, which means we're going to be on the 15th fret. Okay, so on the 15th fret here, it would look exactly the same, just one octave higher. Okay, exactly the same thing I played here, one octave higher. But here's the point. I just showed you how to play this G major right here. And now you can visualize this one, one octave higher right here. So what's cool about that is now if you start trying to visualize those two pieces together, you can see a bit of overlap. For instance, this position used 12, 13, 15, 12, 14, 15. This one used 17, 19, 20. So if we think about that in between, I've got 12, 13, 15, 12, 14, 15, and then these 17s, 19s, and 20s. So if I start combining those together, I can start seeing how they, almost like they're two different puzzle pieces, like Lego pieces, I can start seeing how they connect together, how they snap together from one to other. This one ends here, this one starts here, so in between the two. Now, if you know anything about other positions on the fretboard, that's exactly what's happening right now, is this would be another position. Because obviously you can play these notes all over the fretboard, but my point is, it's just another way of you visualizing your fretboard. It's just a different perspective. So if you're visualizing this position, and this position, you can start trying to put those two together. And do whatever you want with that. And you could do that wherever you want. You don't have to do it on those first two strings. You might be on these. And you're moving back and forth between those. So what's, what's nice about these two positions is you can see how they're locking together. The downside is, is that if we look at it from this other perspective, we've got this one sitting right here, but we don't have any overlap until we get all the way up here. There's a big gap in between those two. So let's fix that by putting something else in here. Now, Again, I don't want to weird you out, but if you do know this, great, and if you don't, don't let it freak you out, but G major has what we call a relative minor scale, which is the E minor scale, okay? Which just simply means that G major, the notes that a G major has are the same notes that E minor has. And for me, when I was going to college and learning this stuff, it, I was just thought the sixth degree of G major, so G, A, B, C, D, E. If you were in a major scale and you went up to the sixth degree, that was the relative minor, okay? Now, I didn't grow up playing piano or anything, so I didn't think about that. I just thought about the sixth degree. So G major and E minor have the exact same notes, have the exact same chords, because they really are, in essence, the exact same scale. The difference is G major emphasizes the chord G major and its functionality, and E minor is all the notes and chords of G major, but E minor is its primary chord and harmonically whatever happens with that. So if you think about it, if we were to look at something that was the relative minor in between, that could help fill in this space. So let me show you this. Very simply, all I'm gonna do is go to an E minor fifth string bar chord here. And I'm gonna build the E minor scale, which we know is the same as the G major. I'm just starting on E is all. So I'm gonna play E, F sharp, G, and there's my G right there, which we know because we learned it right there. But you can see why we're learning this because now it's on the back side of this shape that we did and on the front side of this shape that we did. So it fits right in between there. So let's finish up this. So we have E, F sharp, G, A, B, C, 
So 7, 9, 10, 7, 9, 10. E, F, G, A, B, C. And then we have D, E, F sharp, G, A, B, C, D, E. Okay? So I'm playing 7, 9, 10, 7, 9, 10, 7, 9, 11, and then 8, 10, 12, 8, 10, 12. And I'm seeing that off of that E minor, minor chord sitting right there. Now, the same rule still applies. I want to know where the G's are. So I would want to know that this is a G. And I'd want to know that this is a G. Because that's where my phrasing is going to be directed toward. See? So even though I'm playing what we could perceive as an E minor scale, if I'm directing my phrasing toward the G, it's not E minor, it's G. Now again, that's a whole other conversation if that confuses you, and it's actually a whole lot easier than it seems. My point is, is all I'm doing is I'm just trying to simplify my fretboard by putting the notes of G major on the fretboard in various different positions to try and look at the fretboard without seeing all of these different positions. So here's what we have. We have G major sitting right here. E minor sitting right here, which again is really just G major if we emphasize the G's, okay? So what's nice about that is, is then if I look at these two positions, if I look at this one and I look at the new one that I just built, I can move between those two, again with that Lego idea. in this one one octave higher. So it's a very simple way of trying to visualize the G major scale in a couple of different positions. And you're building them off of sixth string and fifth string bar chords. And the other nice thing about building them off those bar chords is if you don't have a lot of time to think, what key am I in and what's going on and whatever, whatever, at least what this would do is it would give you a fighting chance to find something quickly. You know, instead of building out your whole fretboard, which is what we want, but at least this way you'd be able to find something quickly. So if you were playing off of this G chord, you know. Right? Or off this E minor. Okay. However you're thinking about that. But remember, G major and E minor are the same thing. You're just playing the same notes. It's just how you're perceiving it. So. If that makes sense, that's something that you could work on for this week, is just trying to learn how to visualize those in different places across your fretboard. And we could get into a whole next level conversation about arpeggios that you can see off of these two. But again, it's already been 20 minutes. I don't want to take up your whole Monday, but at least this will kind of get you started, okay? So I'm going to go back over here to, I see there's just all kinds of hellos and there's just a ton of chat, which unfortunately can never get to all of these. But just want to make sure this kind of makes sense. Awesome. Looks like everybody's got this, which is great. Okay. So yeah, finally, before I let you go, just so you have this, okay, learn to play each one. It's not a technique thing. I'm not talking about how fast you can play that sort of thing. It's just learning how to visualize it and then learn to hear that what you're really playing is the exact same thing. Like if I do this, in case you're confused about this G major, E minor thing, if I do this from G, 
from G. Go down here to that E minor shape I just showed you, but I'm going to start on G right here and listen to this. See, it sounds like G. So don't get too weirded out by E minor and G major and all these sorts of things. They are one in the same thing. So you're just learning to visualize. the fretboard. It's pretty cool. So anyway, take care. Have a wonderful week. And if you are looking for any kind of guitar instruction, you can always head over to guitarzoom.com. Click on the link in the description and check out the membership that we offer at GuitarZoom, that thing. Uh, most importantly, stay positive, keep practicing, and have a wonderful Valentine's Day, okay? Everybody hey, Steve Stein here. And if you click the link in the description, you can join my new private Facebook group for my Christmas guitar challenge. Now, it's starting December 15th, and there'll be four live sessions covering things like learning to play songs by ear, increasing your picking speed and accuracy, learning some licks, as well as soloing. Now, four lucky members will also win the new guitar courses that I created for this challenge. So if you'd like to join, click the link in the description or in the comments, and I'll see you in the group. If you enjoyed today's podcast and want to learn guitar even faster, go to guitarzoom.com and click the Get Started button to get access to courses that are right for your interest and skill level. Again, go to guitarzoom.com and click the Get Started button.